Hello, everyone. Welcome to my new podcast, Pop Into Politics, a small dose of political news and opinions, hopefully keeping political concepts simple and sprinkled in with a little laugh here and there. I will be here weekly to discuss the absurd, the insane, and the enraging, which hopefully will spur all of us to political action in all sorts of ways, big and small. At the end of the day, we have this one country, this one democracy, as imperfect as it is. I know I've certainly thought about just heading off to Canada, but that's really not an option for me. I'm assuming it's not an option for most of us. So I'm hoping we can foster a discussion, that we can learn from one another, and while keeping things civil, figure out a way to improve our country for everyone. So you might be wondering, who the hell am I? I mean, everyone has a podcast these days, and I guess I'm joining that that race of podcast makers. If I had a dog, I imagine he'd have a podcast talking about his favorite brand of treats and biscuits. But anyway, my name is Colby. I'm a New Yorker. I love my pop divas. Anyone before the year 2000. So Madonna, Janet, people of the world unite. Are we looking for a better way of life? Yeah. Yeah, Janet. That's timely, actually. Rhythm Nation, folks, for those of you who don't know that and remember that. Um, uh, what else? I'm a gay man, a gay black man in America with all the promise and peril uh, that potentially entails. Uh, so now to my expertise. Honestly, besides a political science degree from a small state school, I'm a citizen like everyone else. And I deeply believe we all have a responsibility as citizens to learn more about the good, the bad, uh, the really ugly about our country and to try and make it better because no one else will. If I had my way, we would all be listening to one another, talking with one another more, especially about all of the hard stuff that we are, for some reason, always trying to desperately avoid. At the end of the day, like I said, I'm just a tax-paying citizen who worries about his country, the world that my nieces and nephews will inherit, and frankly, I do not like what I am seeing. So I've decided to stop ranting and raving to my friends and my father during our Sunday talks and to start a podcast. With all of that being said, I love politics and history the way people love sports. I find it fascinating. At the end of the day, I think people really overcomplicate understanding our system. It's really just about people, people who have obtained an incredible amount of power. And if you have some idea about their background, their history, like who they are as people, their actions in the past, their actions in the present, you really start to get a sense of what their next steps will be, and whether that will help your causes, what's important for your life and your family and those dear to you, or whether you'll need to wear an ice pack on your ass for the next decade. So I've gotten that out of the way. I have my glass of wine. I promise you on most days during this, as just like, yeah, definitely a commitment, I will have uh, wine or some alcoholic beverage, although I assure you, do not worry about me. I am not an alcoholic. Today's glass of wine is a lovely Riesling. So if you are at home and listening to this, by all means, I strongly encourage you to indulge because it's just those sorts of times where a glass of wine is needed. In deciding to start a podcast, it took me a while to determine what would the first one be about. I was never good at playing catch, but 2020 just keeps throwing fastballs at all of us. So there was no shortage of things um, to potentially discuss. But surprisingly, I have decided at the moment for this first one, I'm going to discuss talking about the pandemic or the Black Lives Matter movement for the moment. 
And I'm going to fast forward to November 2020 to discuss two septuagenarians, Joseph Robinette Biden and Donald John Trump and his big magic marker signature. But actually, I'm not going to focus on Trump today. I'm going to talk about Joe, specifically Joe. Good old Uncle Joe. Poor, off script, stumbling, and staggering Uncle Joe. Ooh, okay. So, Joe Biden was not my first, second, or third choice to be president of the United States. Of course, either was Donald Trump. I seem to have bad luck. So do not pick me at a party for any sort of competitive game. My candidate of choice was Elizabeth Warren. And if Elizabeth wasn't going to win, I pretty much would have chosen any of the women who were on that stage over any of the men. But specifically with Elizabeth, Elizabeth, I have a plan for that, Warren. Um, I really admired her intellect and her passion. I appreciated that she wasn't a billionaire. So I'm talking to you, Mike Bloomberg and Tom Steyer, although Tom seemed to be pretty decent. Mike Bloomberg as a New Yorker, that's a whole different, we're not even going to go there. But yes, I appreciated that she wasn't a billionaire in terms of not being a prosecutor. So that kind of rolled out Amy and Kamala. Mayor Pete certainly would have been better than the man who's in office right now, but I really didn't think that the country was prepared for, for his candidacy, even if people like to publicly say that they were. And then lastly, for Elizabeth, I love the fact that she did not participate, participate in the creation of or vote for the 1994 crime bill, which seemed to have become a litmus test of sorts in the black community, which is the backbone of the Democratic Party. So that ruled out Uncle Joe and Bernie Sanders, who certainly kind of hopscotched around his reasoning for making that vote, and it was with a heavy heart, and he didn't mean to vote for it, or he voted for this part of it. But at the end of the day, he voted for it. And in politics, the vote is kind of yay or nay, not it was with a heavy heart I made that vote. So for all those reasons, I supported Elizabeth. Clearly, that's not how the country, the rest of the country felt or a large segment of the Democratic electorate. And so here we are with Joe and Donald. So I've accepted that. I've moved on. That's how this works. But the reason for this podcast today is because I'm really, really concerned that there are large segments of the Democratic electorate, some independents, maybe lapsed voters who maybe if like a messiah came along, they would get off their asses and vote, that they don't feel the same way. Maybe people are still feeling the burn, people want Mayor Pete. I don't know what people want, but I get the sense that people still don't seem to understand like the severity of the moment that we find ourselves in and that they're looking for a Barack or a JFK, someone to get them excited, someone they want to have a beer with, someone they think sexy. I mean, if it were me, my perfect candidate would be someone with like the intellect of Barack Obama, the looks of The Rock, maybe the legislative achievements of LBJ and FDR. Um, but like, that's not how it works. So again, we've got Joe and we've got Donald. So I'm here to do what I never thought I would do, which is to advocate for Joe because I believe our democracy depends on it. Now hear me out. Hear me out. Don't turn off the podcast. Don't turn off the podcast because Joe Biden makes things difficult talking about record players and confusing his sister and his wife and at a rally. He makes things difficult at sometimes. He's awkward. God bless him. I mean, God bless him. He's 77. Maybe the man had cataracts when he was on the damn stage. I don't know. And I don't say all of that to be ageist. I know there are plenty of older people who are smart, quick, and just 
tons of full of energy, could seem like they're 40. But if we're really having an honest discussion, I don't think that most of us would be prepared for the rigors of the presidency. And then you hit 77, it's a hard job. We have an age limit to be able to run for president. Perhaps a constitutional amendment should be in order, a cap and a limit. But again, that's also not where we are. So let me just get back to Joe. So for today, I want to talk about the five reasons why Joe Biden should receive your vote. And there really are more than five reasons, but I want to keep this uh, simple and maybe five things that that you can kind of take away in your mind. Trump administration, it's very hard to keep up with <laughs> all the things that they're doing. But just on Friday, they reversed non-discrimination protections for transgender people in healthcare. No reason to do that other than discriminating against people, obviously. A level of hate about a certain group of people that certain parts of our population don't like, but that doesn't mean that they're not entitled to health care and protections. So there's another example, but I'm trying to stick to my notes. So we are not going to get into that on this particular podcast. My five reasons for today why Joe Biden should receive your vote. Number one, the next president of the United States will have the opportunity to fill a Supreme Court vacancy. And a Supreme Court is so important. And we, I feel like for some reason, as Democrats, progressives, liberals, it's not often an issue that is always uh, talked about. On the other side, they're very focused on judges and the courts and filling them. We need to be just as interested in that. I mean, not just the Supreme Court, but the lower courts as well. But today I'm going to just talk about the Supreme Court. So, you know, we already live in a world with a 5-4 conservative majority. We do not need another Brett Kavanaugh on the court. The other thing, RBG, the wonderful, fantastic Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she is not going to be with us forever. You know, I've joked in the past with people that if God forbid something happened to her during the Trump administration, we're going to prop her up, slap some rouge on her cheeks, give her some lipstick, and sit her in that chair until we get a Democratic president, as if it's weekend at Bernie's. But of course, that's not realistic. That really can't happen. And the decisions that this court makes affect us all. We don't want another silent Thomas on the court. I can't tell you how offensive it is to, uh, to me as an African-American that someone like Clarence Thomas has Thurgood Marshall's seat. So we need reasonable people on the nation's highest court who interpret the Constitution through the lens of protecting the people and their rights, not corporations, not inanimate objects like guns. We do not need any more of this strict constitutionalist nonsense that always seems to result in individual rights being taken away from people. And even, you know, thinking about our current situation around race. And again, I want to, that'll be something we discuss another another podcast. But just as an example, this current court in 2013 struck down the coverage formula of the Voting Rights Act in 2013, which in layman's terms strikes down the right of the federal government to oversee voting in parts of the country with a horrible history of disenfranchisement. So, you know, if you think about what Texas tried to do in 2013 by immediately purging voters from the rolls, of course, that just happens to be in uh, predominantly districts and communities of color. Look at what's happened in Georgia with precincts and long lines, and you know, no one's monitoring that, as was the case before uh, 2013. So again, number one, the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is very important, and the next president most likely is going to get a pick. You know, and I mentioned RBG, but something can happen to any one of those people on the court tomorrow. So Elena Kagan, Sonia Sotomayor, and any one of them, and Donald Trump would have a pick. And that would mean he would have had three picks to the court, and that's just insane. We cannot allow that. Number two, all of us want clean water. 
uh, clean air. You know, the Obama administration instituted a number of regulations during his eight years in office. And those things actually probably needed to be strengthened, not reversed and repealed. But that's what the Trump administration has been doing. And that affects all of us, black, white, you know, it doesn't matter your color, your station in life. We should care about that. Just as an example, there is no such thing as clean coal for anyone who remains confused. And we also know, based on science, that we cannot remain a fossil fuel burning energy economy forever. And so we need someone who, look, maybe they're not going to get us all the way down the field, but they're going to start making some movement on that. So that's my second reason for Joe Biden. Number three, we have to live up to our values and push for comprehensive immigration reform. We have to show up for the dreamers who remain in limbo. We still have children at the border in cages. We're still separating people. To be fair to Donald Trump, and look, Biden has taken some heat for this, our immigration policy as a country was appalling long before Donald Trump arrived. We have to call stuff out as it is. Donald Trump did not create the immigration issues we have here in the U.S., but I will say that in his rhetoric, and I think his just kind of core beliefs as a whole country, a whole group of people, starting a campaign talking about Mexicans being rapists and some are good people, he just threw gasoline on a situation that was already horrible. What we do as a country to people who really are looking for a better life and essentially are fleeing whether it be violence or persecution something that we need to address. So that's the third thing, immigration reform, the dreamers. Number four, and again, I'm not going to talk about race today, but we need an attorney general who's interested, really interested in real police reform. Someone that's truly concerned about police brutality. We are not going to get that from Trump's bootlicker, Bill Barr. Hell, we're not going to get just a normal interpretation of the law, generally, broadly speaking, with Bill Barr continuing to be in that office. And again, I think people have to remember, you know, presidents, it's not just about the president. There's a system. There are agencies that are here to protect us. And there's a lot of latitude given to the president to pick these people and to put them in positions of power. So again, there are two folks here, people. It's going to be Joe Biden, who I know sometimes talks about record players and gets too close to people and makes people uncomfortable. But all signs point to this man putting people in place who are more likely to further our agenda. So number four, we have to get a different attorney general if we really want to see any change, any real change on some of these issues that people are out in the streets right now protesting about. And number five, which really isn't a policy issue, but is really about who we are as a country. And when Joe Biden says that, you know, we are fighting for the soul of America, that might sound a little dramatic or you know, a little too folksy for people, but I actually have to say I agree with Joe on that that we are in a moment where there's so much wrong, there's so much that just seems patently unfair and immoral. And I think we are fighting for the soul of the country. And so in that office, in the highest office in the land, we do need someone who I think has just some simple decency and respect. And I do believe for all the jokes I've made about Joe, you know, today, that at his core, this is a decent man. And I believe that he can, again, help us change course help change course. That doesn't mean that, let's say, he gets elected and then by 2024, there's no issues or anything for us to stay vigilant about or things for us to want to change. But the, the lack of just decency, compassion, understanding 
other human beings having empathy. I mean, Donald Trump lacks all of that. And I would say, at least in the modern era, I don't believe we've ever had a president to this degree, who's so openly hateful and disdainful of his own citizens um, and doesn't even try to appeal um, to a huge segment of the population that clearly is unhappy with him. So something needs to change there. And I think Joe Biden would be the best person to do that with the two choices that we have. Just as long as he sticks to a teleprompter, make sure he gets some sleep, has some snacks, something before he gets out there, I think we'll be okay. So... Joe Biden has my vote, and I hope he has yours too. I know that the Democratic primary was bruising. I know that a lot of young people are not enthused about him. I know a lot of black people. I'm a black person. There are definitely things that are in his record in the past that don't please me <laughs> and are not good. But I think most politicians, if they, if you're in Washington long enough and you have a record, there are going to be some things there that, uh, that in retrospect definitely would be looked at in, in the current context as not good. So for today's takeaway, if you're on the fence, if you're on the fence about Joe, get off the fence. Besides, fence riding seems very uncomfortable to me. Um, so get off the fence. If you know someone who's on the fence, try to have a conversation with them. Explain some examples that I haven't talked about today that maybe you know about in terms of, look, this is what Trump's doing. This is what Joe Biden's platform, his administration would plan to do. Quite simply, you could say, look, one person is decent, one person's trying to encourage us to all drink bleach during a pandemic. I mean, that should be enough for people. But again, we need to have those conversations. The other thing is, if you're feeling generous, consider a donation. So I often make all sorts of donations to whether it be, again, Elizabeth Warren, who I was supporting, smaller candidates who maybe we don't actually talk about. But I made my first donation to Joe Biden's campaign, a $25 donation. It's not a lot of money. And again, you don't have to donate $25, 5 10 you know, whatever it is that you have. But unfortunately, something else that's really screwed up with our system is how expensive it is to run for president. But that's, that's the moment we're in. That is the system at this moment in time, and the Biden campaign is definitely going to need some dollars. Those are my eight takeaways for the day. Have conversations, consider talking to someone else who you know is not excited about Joe Biden, and explain that, look, maybe we all would want someone a little different, have a different vision, but this is why we need to support this man. So my goal is to keep these to 30 minutes, and like I'm totally new to this, and I looks like I'm at 21 minutes, so I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. The goal for these is just to have a quick pop into politics, for it to not be boring, and for just to have a takeaway, and for people to hopefully learn something, or maybe have a different perspective. So I would love to know your suggestions of maybe other topics you'd want me to discuss, ways I can make this better. Feel free to email me at popintopolitics at protonmail.com. That's proton, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. You can also find my info in my podcast description. So there's that. Next week, I plan to dig into the thorny subject of race. You know, I think I just needed a minute, maybe an emotional minute before getting into protests and George Floyd and just how two groups um, can see the world so wildly differently and why that is. So I plan to dig into the thorny subject of race, and I probably will need two glasses of wine for that, but uh, I will definitely do that. 
And I think we all, white, black, it doesn't really matter your race, and we all should be having some discussions. And I'm also going to discuss the real opportunity to take back the Senate from Republicans, that 2020 is our best opportunity to get rid of Mitch McConnell's majority in Congress. And again, keeping in mind, it's a system, and we all have to be paying attention to different parts of it. And there's there's a number of Republican seats that are up, but there are a handful that are really vulnerable. And I think the first uh, senator I am going to start with next week will be, I'm just sitting on the porch drinking a mint julep. I used to have a spine, but I lost along the way in my quest to climb up President Trump's ass, Senator Graham. That was my best Southern (laughs) accent, Uh, but Lindsey Graham really gets to me. So I think we'll start with him. And again, there's an opportunity there in trying to figure out ways as citizens how we can help flip some of those seats, even if we're not in those states. So podcast number one is down. That feels very exciting to me. So until next time, sending good vibes and energy to you all. And thank you for listening.